I'm Megan Joy Haverda. Stay tuned for one hour of sunshine on KZSB AM 1290, the Santa Barbara News Press radio station. Maybe the sun will shine today. Hello and welcome to the one hour of sunshine. I'm your host, Megan Joy Haverda, inviting you to stay tuned to today's conversation with Jacob Tell. CEO and creative lead at Aniracom, a full-service agency who serves businesses and brands of all shapes and sizes. So, who am I and why am I doing this show? I'm a 42-year-old girl. The East Coast raised me half of my life and the West Coast is still at it. I read the other day that to grow up strong and well-adjusted, babies thrive best on 14 or more hugs a day. I believe that adults are the same. I've created this show, One Hour of Sunshine, to provide listeners with a ray of light and a big old audio hug, because it seems like humanity could use that right now. There are plenty of self-help experts out there and tons of business consultants and coaches. That's not me. What I will give you, however, is practical insights and reminders about your own self-responsibility, intuition, and innate power so that you feel more prepared to make good decisions in your life daily. I'll tell stories, have fascinating and honest guests on the show, and share from personal experience how my listening to and cultivating my intuition has actually improved my life. As we all do that, our communities will improve. More of us will have energy to then reach out and assist others. There's that classic old saying we all grew up with, but few practice. Honesty is the best policy. Well, that's just what intuition is, straightforward honesty. We'll talk later in the show about how to notice and practice with your own intuition and bring it into your life as a normal skill to add to your other business and professional skills. Okay, it's time to introduce our guest, my dear friend and colleague, Jacob Tell. Welcome to the program. Hello, (laughs) Megan. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate the time we have today to to spend talking about (laughs) intuition. Um, so I just want to, first of all, t- tell a short story about how we are introduced. It's actually a mutual friend mm-hmm. that introduced us and you arrived at my office and I had no idea what to expect. I had a hunch though, that this meeting was very much on purpose. Um, we had like this immediate connection through travels and worldly experiences that led up to that moment in time at my office. Um, there was a funny moment. I don't know if you recall. I do. <laughs> um, it was it was quite impactful. Um, you kind of looked at me and said, so why do you have tears in your eyes? And mind you, it just met within 30 minutes. Um, and I said, well, because it's really nice to see you again after all this time. And I think I was referring to like a past life recognition of you and our positive synergy. But honestly, I've only had a few moments in my life where I've had permission to acknowledge that sort of feeling and wisdom. Um, but the intensity and presence between us was obvious. So this set the foundation for what's now our awesome business partnership. Yes, it is awesome. Well, you know, you have an interesting background. Maybe share with the listeners where you came from and a uh, little bit about yourself. Sure. So I don't really know exactly where to start. So I'll just tell you that I did grow up in Southern California, North San Diego County. 
I'm a SoCal boy. Um, from there, later in life, I moved to Santa Barbara. So I've really been uh, California and West Coast based, even though I've traveled all over the world like yourself. Um, but down in San Diego is very different than where the magnet of Santa Barbara brought me. People there typically looked kind of to external things like religion for explanations in their life. Um, I feel like when that happened, they often would ignore their intuition. Mm. And so I grew up in an amazing home with incredible parents and extended family. We'd always have, you know, foreign exchange students living with us and all of these worldly cultured people in our lives. But the community to me was seemingly more closed minded. Mm -hmm. So as a teenager, I was picked on for being half Jewish and smart, among other things, I'm sure. <laughs> and later I learned to embrace these aspects that make me different. Um, you know, it may sound cliche, but I think we all do need to celebrate our differences, especially mm -hmm. in the climate we live in society today. It's really important for us to come together around those differences so that we're not divided. Yeah. So later, um, post-college, I studied film. I studied black studies. My goal was to do political documentary filmmaking. So it was very much media-minded um, and using storytelling to shine a light on stories from marginalized people and cultures and societies. Um, and I started a business because I didn't want to work for anyone else mm -hmm. out of school. <laughs> so as an entrepreneur, um, you know, now I look back and I can see there has been a series of intuitive decisions that I've made, like starting the business in the first place, um, that got me to the point, you know, with my employees, with my clients globally, uh, with business advisors, and the result now has been 16 plus years of running my thriving business. That's pretty awesome. So let's talk about our meeting again, because I think that was a really formative moment in um, both my personal life and my business life, because this new lens fell in front of my eyes. I began to trust myself more. I began to kind of pause and listen to myself before acting or reacting and being more honest about moment to moment um, interactions, but this is definitely still a muscle that I'm developing. So uh, I want to thank you for um, sort of giving me permission to be in that um, integrity when in a business setting, because I think that's something that a lot of leaders ignore. So really, you know, building our trust driven partnership with you has been, um, has been very easy because everything that you actually talk about, everything you practice and everything you do yourself, you're just honest. And it's easy because, um, I love seeing, uh, you know, that difference between the way you approach things and in the world where people are really BSing way too often. <laughs> so why do you, why do you think the, the BS culture has lasted so long? Why, why have we allowed, especially in the business community, um, you know, avoidance patterns and walking on eggshells and why, why has the individual be, become so stunted? That's a great question. Um, you know, I think it comes down to um, fear. And based on that fear, um, people go to control and power. Mm. And yeah. I think obviously, um, you know, money or the fear of scarcity of financial prosperity can play into that fear. But ultimately, we're talking about this dichotomy of operating from fear versus operating from love. 
And I think that um, it's very easy. The lizard brain in us all goes right to that reactive place of fear. You know, we grew up needing to provide hunting, gathering, and making sure that saber-toothed tigers weren't killing us. Mm. So, you know, we're very much programmed for, for millennia to operate from fear. And I think if you fast forward to now, on the last, say, 150 years of business, we had this old guard that really thrives on this control and fear and power. And so, for example, in this culture that we live in today, there's a lot of sexual harassment and abuse that's finally being um, a, a light is shining on this after years and decades of these unacceptable activities. It's been going on, but now we actually are having an environment where people are feeling safe to come forward and, and speak about it. So I think that it's really our collective responsibility um, to challenge the status quo. So if you take that philosophy and add, you know, your approach of the intuitions and, and really replacing the societal quote shoulds with our individual responsibility and truth speaking, then that's what's inspired this partnership. Yeah, you know, it was really interesting as a woman to see how surprised everybody was during the Me Too phenomena on Facebook. How many male friends of mine were like, what? That's happened to so many women? All these women have stayed quiet all these years. You know, granted, some people are taking advantage of it um, for lawsuits, etc. But the reality is, yes, women have been enduring this for a very long time, quietly and uh, without voice. So thank you for bringing that up. Absolutely. And I, I think not only is it surprising um, for me, yes, there was a plethora of friends and family that I had no idea had experiences like that that were now comfortable sharing. But I was surprised with how many people did feel comfortable in, say, a social media setting or even in interpersonal conversations to share. Mm hmm. So I think now um, it's about redefining, like, what is the acceptable culture and standards like for business interactions? It's not only the men's and women's circles, advisors, uh, meetings, you know, going on to CNN in an interview or on Facebook or social media through the, through the comment threads, but really it's through our everyday interactions and should be part of each business transaction, kind of identifying and stewarding the, the new acceptable culture. Yeah. So I think we believe, you know, you and I both believe that every day we've got to hold our teams and our clients to this new standard, especially when exchanging products and services in dollars. Um, so often in America, our values get overridden when there's a dollar to be made. But this is actually the absolute best time to live in integrity through this culture shaping behavior. I agree. All right, let's dive back in after the break. Thank you so much. You are listening to the One Hour of Sunshine with Megan Joy Haverda at KZSB AM 1290, the Santa Barbara News Press radio station. We'll be back with more from Jacob Tell, CEO and creative lead of Veneericom, after these messages. Maybe the sun will shine. Welcome back to the one hour of sunshine at KZSBAM 1290, this news press radio station. This is your host, Megan Joy Haverda, with a reminder that this program will be rebroadcast tonight at 10 
Tomorrow at 4 a.m. and Sunday afternoon at 3. So, Jacob, you were talking about really holding, you know, our teams and our clients accountable. And the fun thing about our partnership is that we hold each other accountable. It's true. (laughs) So now there's no escaping. We have to do this every day, every minute. And really, um, you know, there was a moment a long time ago, and I'll talk about New Mexico later in the show, but I stood on a rock and I said, just give me what's mine to live. You know, so everything since that moment that has come into my life, whether it was hard or good or crappy or challenging, you know, it was mine to live, to live and grow through. And I know very well that there was no mistake in meeting you and bringing our companies together so that we can really grow and hold each other accountable and create a culture of accountability and self-responsibility. So it's really fun. Um, And I have to say, you know, meeting you has been the launch to my coming out party as an intuitive, because even though I've been it my whole life, I hid it. I was a woman in business. It wasn't popular to, you know, intuit in the middle of a meeting. And I certainly couldn't be overt about how I was getting information or insights. And so it's been really fun and scary to be in your presence and be able to (laughs) fully, fully be myself. Um, and, you know, it, it can be scary for others. So I guess I it's important to me that the listeners know it's as scary for me to come out and say all this as it is to maybe hear it and question yourselves out there. Well, what about my intuition? So um, let's talk a little bit about this. Being a highly sensitive and intuitive person is all of our birthrights. It's it's how we were born. It's who we were the minute light touched our face. Society systematically stripped it away um, so that we'd be more controllable, basically, so we would become better consumers and buy more stuff that we were fed to buy by advertising and you know other social pressures. So, alas, as the world gets crazier, people are talking about the supernatural more and more. Pixar actually just opened a kid's film in theaters about communicating with the dead and the afterlife. Can you believe it? Pixar did this. It's amazing. It's amazing. Um, What was the name of that film? Coco. 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 Yeah. In theaters now. In theaters now. Um, So it's hitting the mass culture. You know, what used to be hidden away is now coming to the forefront As a skill, you know, it's becoming normalized. It's becoming more acceptable to say, oh, you know, my gut says blah, blah, blah. Um, People are respecting that more than they used to. So I'm really here to assist people as they return to the gifts that they were born with um, and and help them embrace it and, and not be afraid and lean into it and also double check it. Is it real? Am I coming from ego or not? And we'll talk more about that in a little bit. But, you know, just to be clear, everybody has different skills. Well, it's the same with intuition, you know, and and other supernatural scenarios. You know, some people hear voices. Some people see through their third eye. Some have prophetic lucid dreams all night. Other people are great with kinesiology, which is basically um, the body's wisdom and responding to yes or no answers. So it's muscle testing, basically. And and everybody, you know, has a compilation of different skills within the large sea of possibilities. And so 
um, as you start practicing your own or cultivating your own skills, don't worry if you can't do that. You can probably do something else that will be very helpful and useful to yourself and others. Yeah, you know, I think it's all about listening, listening to self. And some people say, you know, listen to your body if you have an injury or if you think you should or should not eat a certain food. I think the same goes with listening to your gut, listening to your heart, listening to things that are not just rewarded financially or monetarily, which is, like you said, skills and mental, you know, exercising. Yeah, I agree. So how have you found in our in our short partnership, um, how, ha- how have you seen this play out in team dynamics or client dynamics? Sure. So actually, um, I'm sure you recall there was a, a contractor partner of ours that we worked with mm-hmm. and still work with um, for a number of years. Um, who's a little bit hard to pin down, you know, sometimes when you have an agency, you've got contractors that are used to running their own businesses and have their own clients and you expect certain, um, you know, show up at a certain time, be at a certain meeting, um, and they're off doing their own thing. It can be a little frustrating as a business owner to operate in that way. But, you know, on the other side of it, they bring such expertise and such, um, you know, beautiful, um, skills or experiences that, you know, it's much better and often than employees, but one of our contractors, essentially, um, I would get frustrated. So there would be basically, you know, expectation mismanagement going on mostly on my part, but I had this resistance, um, from them and, and it really stemmed from, you know, his behavior as a mirror to my own, um, sort of unresolved childhood wound of sorts Um, that was something about, you know, looking within and looking to my past and less about the actual work dynamic in front of me. And so directing energy to the cause rather than the symptom was the philosophy there that I think you tapped into. And you sort of sent me a text one day, like very specifically and gently (laughs) encouraging me to see the root issue and and to stop blaming others and or stop getting mired in my own frustrations and to work on myself. And so it's like fixing that systemic long-term issue um, within ultimately, you know, kills the frustration, but it also saves time and money in a business setting. So this is like a spot on example of how this intuition and this guidance can help an actual business dynamic or business culture, a business team. um, And it can really hit the bottom line. It doesn't show up on the balance sheet though. So it's interesting. Mm -hmm. And it creates a safe culture that encourages the entire team to fulfill their highest selves. Mm Yep. Yep. So, you know, I've really owed, uh, owned this, um, you know, sort of past childhood trauma after, and it's made me more patient. I've been able to articulate with not just this team member, but others, and the entire dynamic has turned around. We've actually had a really healthy, close rapport ever since. Great. Um, and we've opened up in ways that we weren't prior, you know, previously comfortable doing or what wasn't necessarily acceptable doing prior to this. That's beautiful. Let's uh, let's take a pause and go to break, and we'll get back into this in a minute. You're listening to the One Hour of Sunshine with Megan Joy Haverda at KZSBAM 1290, the Santa Barbara News Press radio station. We'll be back with more from Jacob Tell, CEO and Creative Lead of Enericom, after these messages. Maybe the sun will shine. 
Welcome back to the one hour of sunshine at KZSB AM 1290, the news press radio station. This is your host, Megan Joy Haverda, with a reminder that this program will be broadcast tonight at 10, tomorrow at 4 a.m., and Sunday afternoon at 3. So, Jacob, how did that experience, a very simple experience, but how was that experience with the contractor and the you know, the the frustration, aggravation, disconnect you were having with him and you turning it around and looking at what you two had in common in terms of behavior and then you fixing that behavior inside yourself. How did that change the way you uh, would address an issue with a team member or client going forward? That's a great question. I think I thought a lot about this in terms of process and scalability. <laughs> Everything that we do, you know, in our business, if it happens once, it's probably going to happen again. So let's put a system around it. Let's put some workflow in place. I'm I'm very much of that ilk where, you know, this is probably not an anomaly, but even if it is, it's good to have a contingency plan for that too. Mm-hmm. So it allowed me to um, personally figure out a system for pausing and sort of taking a moment to not react and to go to that secondary or tertiary thought, kind of the why behind the why behind the why and think about, okay, why am I wanting to respond this way? Why is my body doing the things it's doing, tensing up, Mm -hmm. getting heat? And (laughs) how can I actually move beyond that lizard brain, you know, instinctual reaction to something that will actually have a longer lasting positive impact. And then how can I communicate that to this person so that they understand the process that I literally just went through and how we arrived at something that was more proactive? Beautiful. Um, So let's discuss for a minute, you know, my side of that interaction. All I did was feel into you. That's all I did. And and from that, all this information flooded into my head. So it wasn't some ego-driven, concocted scenario where I was manufacturing an answer to solve your problem. It wasn't like that at all. All I did was open to what I was hearing you saying. We were actually texting one day, and it came right through me. So I didn't know the guy. I didn't know your childhood history. I certainly didn't know your specific childhood wound prior to that moment. And I had no idea of the context, the day-to-day experience you'd had with that contractor. So it was very interesting for me to be able to just say to you, hey, this is what I'm, this is the info I'm getting. Does this resonate with you? And you responded right away, you know, kind of awestruck going, "Uh, yes, that is exactly the situation. And I will look at that childhood wound. And I am very grateful for you, you know, to bring it up. So as someone that has cultivated her intuition for a while, how I know that it's not me or my ego manufacturing a solution is because it comes very quickly and very naturally and it comes through me or I see a visual. There's no thinking. There's no processing. I'm not ruminating on a, on a, on a, you know, getting the answer or wanting to be right. Um, often if you're in your ego, um, creating a solution or creating a strategy to be right. That's the real drive. Whereas intuition doesn't need to be right. It's just honest. It's just, boom, there it is. And so the ego is trickier and the ego wants to be right. So if you're ever going about your day and you feel this need to be right and need to control, you know, probably that's your ego talking and not your intuition. Um, 
so what I've what I've noticed in scenarios like this over time, uh, it really frees people from their story and baggage. If I'm if I'm able to share what comes through me in just a neutral, frank, honest way, it's very disarming for people. And it allows them to get away from the same stories they've been telling themselves over and over and over again and be present with the truth. So, you know, new paradigm thinkers thrive on collaboration and inclusivity and everyone being in their own power with their own voice. The old guard thrives on control and keeping people separate. So, you know, what is your feeling about that, Jacob? Well, first of all, I'm excited to hear, you know, how this show, this radio show develops because I'm I love to hear this distinction between ego and intuition. And I think it's really crucial for, you know, the listeners, myself included, to learn about those triggers and hear internally um, how we can notice where we're coming from. Is it the ego or the intuition driving a reaction or a decision? Mm-hmm. Um, and especially in a business setting for me, that's that's critical. But I agree. I think that paradigm is one that you and I both have talked many times about wanting to be so open and honest with all of our team and all of our clients and all of our potential clients about. In fact, we've even started developing a new intake form for new clients so we can start to learn and suss out some of these cultural um, norms, I guess, of where they stand on things Mm -hmm. so that we can know, are they of this old guard? Mm -hmm. Are they going to be more of the control, fear, perspective or are they going to be coming more from love because they have higher purpose and vision around their product or service Mm -hmm. and so you know i want to know from you because i really don't know a lot of the backstory like when did this all start how did you learn to be to get permission to be okay following this skill of, of your intuition and how are you integrating that in your professional life (laughs) <laughs> I, I don't mean to take over as interviewer, but I'm curious. <laughs> That's a big question. <laughs> well, um, to be honest, this one makes my palms sweat a little bit, but I remember being a very young girl and discussing the people I was seeing in a room. And my parents would talk to, you know, the homeowner, the owner of the inn, and tell them what I had told them and what I was seeing. And in one circumstance, I was about nine or 10 years old. We were at a a friend's home in Tahoe, my parents' very best friends. And I saw this older woman cruising around the house, and I told my parents, and I described her, and they told our good friends, and my good friends turned white and said, well, that's interesting because she was the previous owner, and she's dead. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's that woman was just lingering around on her old stomping ground. She was just cruising around as an apparition, and I've, I've always been able to see those kinds of things. So... Um, You know, my parents did not necessarily encourage that behavior or gift in me. They wanted me to be a good artist. They wanted me to be a good tennis player. You know, they wanted me to achieve in the world with tangible results. And even though my father was a poet and very attuned, he did not talk about it. He was a closet intuitive, right? So he acted more like Marlon Brando and less like who he was. Um 
Not that we don't all love Marlon Brando. <laughs> but, you know, I think one of the one of the turning points for me, I was in a very bad car accident when I was 16. Um, and I had a near-death experience. And I heard a voice ask me, are you ready to go? And I saw the white light. And I, clearly I said no because I'm still here. Um, and when I said no to this voice, whoosh, I was you know, suddenly awake in my car. And I was holding the steering wheel and I only had a little tiny cut on my thigh. My nylons were a little ripped. And I smelled gas. And I crawled out of the sunroof and walked away. Um, the car had hit a rock, avoiding a, a truck that was on my side of the road, and I had gone up into the branches of trees and taken branches down and fell back onto the road and slid 60 feet backwards down the street. And um, at that point, when I was uh, recovering, I, I wasn't hurt, but I was very different, right? So I had seen a white light. I had been asked if I wanted to go. And I was not the same 16-year-old <laughs> ever again after that moment. And interestingly enough, somebody had um, heard about the accident and interviewed me. It was an over-phone interview, and the book did get published. And they were interviewing people that had had near-death experiences, and I was the youngest interviewed. Um, and the author documented how increased intuition happens and supernatural skills increase after such an event. So I was given a little bit of context for it, but I wasn't necessarily in a home where I could cultivate that or talk about it openly. Um, so I became, you know, I, I internalized it. I internalized it as a young girl. And I want to say more about this, but we have a quick break coming and we will get back to it. <laughs> That's fascinating. You're listening to the One Hour of Sunshine with Megan Joy Haverda at KZSB. AM 1290, the Santa Barbara News Press radio station. We'll be back with more from Jacob Tell, CEO and creative lead of Aniracom, after these messages. Maybe the sun will shine today. Welcome back to the one hour of sunshine at KZSB AM 1290, the News Press radio station. This is your host, Megan Joy Haverda, with a reminder that this program will be rebroadcast tonight at 10, tomorrow at 4 a.m., and Sunday afternoon at 3. So before the break, we were discussing um, a near-death experience I had had at 16. And, you know, I retreated. I went inward. I went to art school. I continued on with my life. Um, but... You know, I had a young, I, I have a young son. I had a child three years ago, and I've been amazed watching him and then reflecting back on my childhood um, because he's naturally intuitive and I naturally help him cultivate it. So he's living it every day and not being stripped of it. Um, one recent example is we were visiting a, a very dear place to me up in the Sangre de Cristo Mountains of New Mexico. We were in a yurt. I had a campground by the river. It was absolutely gorgeous. I totally love this piece of land. And I felt very safe there. So I'd, I'd lived out there. And I'll tell you more about that in a minute. But we were having a wonderful time about five days out in the woods. And on the last night, we were in bed. We were cuddled up in our yurt. And my son was kicking and screaming in the night. And he doesn't usually do that. So I heard it once and I fell back to sleep. And then he did it again. And 
I kind of popped up and every hair on my body stood up and I immediately sensed that there were bears outside. So I got up and I battened down the hatches. Granted, it was just a canvas yurt, so there were really really no safety guards. So I just kind of stood awake for about two hours, hid the food, et cetera. Shame on us for having food in the yurt. Um, but it was it was very alarming, and I could tell there were more than one. So I kind of, you know, held guard and, and finally fell back to sleep. And we woke up the next morning at about 7, and I said, sweetheart, why were you kicking and screaming in the night? And right away he said, Mama, black faces in the pine trees. And I said, whoa. (laughs) Number one, my son did not know that the bears were black in northern New Mexico. Number two, I don't think I've ever told him about the different kinds of trees, let alone pine trees. Um, So, you know, this is the inherent knowledge and wisdom that we all were born with. We all know nature. We all know animals. We all have 360 degree awareness like an animal. Um, but we get stripped of it and we, and we lose things along the way, but we can get them back if we choose to. I agree. That's a wonderful story. Thank you for sharing. I got, I got goosebumps from the, from the black faces. He's a pretty magical little <laughs> dude. Um, but you know, I also want to share with you, Jacob, I've had three near death experiences total and I don't recommend that path. <laughs> that was not by choice. Um, but, you know, I guess awakening to these skills was inevitable for me. And, and I do want to say every near-death experience did include the question, are you ready to go? And I said no. So, you know, the idea of we all choose our death, I, I believe that. I actually do. I think we come in with contracts and I think we leave when our, when our time is, is good and ready. Um, but I want to share something because, you know, it hasn't always been easy for me to... To, to be intuitive. And in fact, when I was 22, I moved to India for a year. I was working in the solar um, industry and spent some time in Oroville, which is the most developed sustainable community in the world. And it was a fascinating time. That culture is so, so open to their gods and their goddesses and their elders living and dead. And so it was a very channel opening environment for me if you you know if you know what I mean and um, through that experience I got so opened up that I could literally see inside people's bodies you know people talk about medical intuitives and I was reaching levels of intuition and sight that actually made me very uncomfortable as a 22 year old girl so when I moved back to the U.S. and you know walked Main Street again I, I had too much information flying at me. It was information overload on an intuitive level. And I was very concerned that at such a young age, I would use it for my own gain. I wouldn't be of service. And I literally said one day to whoever was listening upstairs, you know, hey, take it away, man. This is way too much. I'm too young. Please, I'm not mature enough to handle it. And it went away. So I lived for about seven to eight years without my intuition. I was artistic. I I was educated. I was living and doing and achieving in the world, but I didn't have the intuition. 
And so, you know, one day when I was 30, I bought a cabin in the Sangre de Cristo Mountains of northern New Mexico, which I mentioned earlier in the bear story. And I was determined not to come out of those woods until I knew what kind of adult I wanted to be, which was very much about self-responsibility. You know, who did I want to be? How did I want to serve? Um, And I had been reading a lot of the author Joseph Campbell, who wrote about the hero's journey and dark nights of the soul. And I said, that's it. I'm going into the woods and I'm not coming out until I'm clear and responsible and in my body and know what kind of adult I want to be. And it was at that cabin in the woods where I lived alone with only a wood burning stove that I gathered the strength and courage to ask for my intuitive skills back. So one day I asked for them back very intentionally and I said, but please bring them back slowly. You know, let me acclimate each one, each level, each layer um, so I can really handle it responsibly. And it came back. It was very interesting. (laughs) And, you know, I will say uh, along the way, especially since I was 30, I have reached out uh, for mentors and teachers and way showers of this kind of of skill set. And every single one of them was out for themselves. They were always upselling me on their next package or event <laughs> or their freaking this and that. And, and, and really belittling me and diminishing my own skill set. You know, they wanted me to depend on them. They wanted me to call with urgency and pay them double because it was the weekend or whatever. And it took me time to wake up to this pattern and understand that they were out for themselves. They weren't being of service. And it was actually the old guard wrapped up in a new age sparkle. And it was hurtful when I finally put it together. But I said, okay, okay, Megan, come on. You're on your own. You can do this. This is your life. You know, depend on yourself. Look within. So it was a, a, a maturation process to really stand on my own. And for many years now, I've actively cultivated my own skills. And the more I learn, the more humble and in awe I feel. So thank you for letting me share that. (laughs) Thank you for sharing. It sounds like you've lived a quite intense life. And I think it's amazing to have those stories on the record here and for our listeners. That's awesome. <laughs> for your listeners. I did not mean to take ownership. I apologize. <laughs> Listen, bossy pants. Uh, Two right. CEOs in here. I don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> so in just a minute, we're going to go to a break. Um, but the next the next discussion we're going to have is about the differences between being a man and a woman. Um on this subject matter. So Venus and Mars? <laughs> Venus and Mars. So let's go to a quick break here and we'll be back in a minute. You're listening to the One Hour of Sunshine with Megan Joy Haverda at KZSB AM 1290, the Santa Barbara News Press radio station. We'll be back with more from Jacob Tell, CEO and creative lead of Aniracom after these messages. Maybe the sun will shine. Welcome back to the One Hour of Sunshine at KZSBAM 1290, the news press radio station. This is your host, Megan Joy Haverda, with a reminder that this program will be rebroadcast tonight at 10, tomorrow at 4 a.m., and Sunday afternoon at 3. So, Jacob, before we went to break just then, um, we were diving into what is it, what's the difference between being a man and a woman in an intuitive world? 
And, you know, specifically, women are naturally more receptive. They're more inclusive. They're more looking out for the community. And perhaps men are naturally more protective, more guarded, more on alert. How would you advise the listeners um, to spot people that are guarded and protective versus receptive and open? Because intuition is not about gender. And yet to really open to our issue, our intuition, we have to grapple with some of the ingrained gender roles that we've been fed. And I'll say over time, a lot of women have become masculinized to play in the men's world and to play in business. And frankly, you know, I had to undo some of that um, because of the way I was raised and the schooling I had. So, you know, what are your thoughts on this? It's a really um, loaded question, but I'll do my best here. I mean, I think I've watched you um, do this, and I, I like this practice a lot, is you can uh, really tell if somebody just wants to stay on the surface in a conversation or not. And so I love now, and I've, you know, I've had some friends and family members do this, and you definitely embody this, to throw out something out of context, throw a question out or a comment or a statement to somebody when you've just met that gets them out of that surfacey how's the weather outside conversation and gets them to dive into something real, something about, um, you know, their perspective um, in the world, in society, or about themselves, or, you know, going to a place that can help fast forward conversations in business or, mm-hmm. um, or personal lives. So um, the other thing is, I think that um, it's very important that we've had this conversation, we should mention that the lines between personal and business are way too artificially constructed and, and yeah. upheld. And it's, kind of our job to break that down and realize that we are humans that live in the world. Right. We, it's we, like that <laughs> saying, that old saying, oh, well, it's business. It's not personal. It's just right. business. Uh, yeah. No, it's actually us people <laughs> talking and interacting with each other. So whether that happens to be in a business setting, that is personal. Yeah. Um, you know, but I think really uh, for me, you know, what resonated the most of you saying that everybody's gifts and intuitions are different. I was thinking about developing our own rubrics sort of for checking and balancing how things feel. Um, if something seems real and natural versus forced or out of alignment, mm-hmm. you know, there's that physical component I mentioned earlier in our bodies that play, th- uh, play a huge part here. Yeah. And oftentimes I mentioned this earlier, I think it's worth repeating. Like that is not rewarded in society. Yeah. We really typically have like intellect or skills that tie directly to financial rewards but I think it's time to value the intuition and gut feel and actually, you know, reward our teams for, you know, get making that safe place to where they can be intuitive and they can call things out honestly and, and truthfully um, in a constructive way. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really well said. How do we create the matrix for honoring intuition and emotional intelligence? Um, so, you know, you're diving into this. I've watched you. You've really stepped in and um, taken taken this into your heart and taken it into your business practices. And um, it's it's really been beautiful to watch, actually. And I'm wondering if your friends and colleagues are um, curious about their own intuition. Have they noticed changes in you? What's what's going on there? Yeah, you know, that 
it's uh yes they have noticed changes um i i've heard from you know staff um partners advisors uh, mentors that you know our business and the way that i've um, kind of shown up we've gone through some really major growth as well during this time and i don't think that's an accident but i've been getting that feedback that you know the things are more clear your intentions are more pronounced um you know it seems like uh the stability is a result of just being super you know in 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 alignment and in integrity with with self so um absolutely i think that's been been seen and and observed through our partnership. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Awesome. All right. Well, it's been a great, great time with you, Jacob. And I'm so glad that we're, you know, doing this and discussing this in our life. And listeners out there, I just want to say that um, if there's a call to action from today's conversation, it's just to ask the question, how could I honor my intuition more? What do I notice about myself in the day? Do I get tummy rumbles? Do I see flashes of uh, visuals? Do I do I hear, you know, a, a, a comforting voice? Just notice. Just go about noticing this week and see see what comes up for you. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the One Hour of Sunshine at KZSB AM 1290. This is Megan Joy Haverda with my guest, Jacob Tell, CEO and creative lead at Oniracom, a full-service agency who serves businesses and brands of all shapes and sizes. You've been listening to a show today that is discussing how intuition serves businesses, and businesses are made up of people. So we are connecting the personal to the professional and discussing how intuition can optimize everyone's life and success and happiness. Be the sunshine that you are by accessing the power inside of you. This show can be experienced tonight at 10, tomorrow at 4 a.m. and Sunday afternoon at 3. We're so grateful for each of you. Have a wonderful day. Bye for now. Everything has its plan Either way